Hi, I'm Monica Bradley. Welcome to the Digital Week. Today I'm here with Marek Kowalkiewicz, our Chair in the Digital Economy, and Marcus Forth, who is the leader of the Urban Informatics Research Lab here at QT. Good morning, gentlemen. Hi, Monica. Good morning, Monica. Marcus, let's talk about smart cities today. Urban informatics. Tell us about the heritage of that. Where did it come from? Where's it going to? Yes, sure. Urban informatics is a term that we came up with now nearly 10 years ago. In fact, um, next year we are celebrating our 10th anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. And um, what it's trying to do is do research and um, applied um, development across people, place and technology. So we have a um, research group that uh, brings together people from architecture, urban planning, urban design. So the um, the spatial types of, of research areas and domains together with um, people from the arts, humanities, anthropology, um, cultural studies, the um, the social or the, the people-based areas. And the third one is probably my own background as well, which is computer science, IT, human-computer interaction. So the, the research lab tries to combine people, place, technology, and we've been doing work since about 2006. Fabulous. And where do you see that going to, Marcus? What's the next iteration now that we're entering the digital economy? I think cities are a really exciting place. A lot of um, research articles, they start uh, by saying that the majority of the um, world population now lives in cities. But really for Australia, that's an old hat because our urbanization rate is is um, reaching nearly 90% just for the um, fact that uh, a lot of our land mass isn't inhabitable. And so the majority of the Australian population lives along the, um, the, um, the, the coastal um, areas. So if the majority of our interactions, of our infrastructure, of our work happens in cities, then that gives cities quite a dominant role. And I think the fact that um, we now have a minister for, for cities on the federal level is, is only one indication that we are taking cities more and more serious. So I think in the future, what we will be seeing is far more um, innovation as well as um, developments that will bring that image of the local government as being the place where you pay your rates, you um, manage your you know waste and you pay uh, your parking fines to something completely different. It's much more a um, service delivery platform, but also an engagement platform where the city is there for you to use in so many different ways beyond just the roads and the, um, the tectonic kind of infrastructure and the architecture itself. So I guess what I'm hearing from you is it's going from a place where we're almost like children that inhabit a city asking the city to be the parent and tell us what to do and where to drive and how things would work to much more a contemporary model of co-creation and participation where we as citizens have a very active role in how we shape our city. That's right. And we're exactly interested in researching that development, those trends, and also being part of shaping some of those trends. So I think the smart city notion, as it's discussed and debated in both in academia as well as in the media, sometimes it's limited. And it's limited in the sense that there are corporate entities that see an opportunity to sell a particular um, service delivery platform just for the lot mayor and the local government, just for the architects, just for the urban planners, perhaps. And that is not not necessarily bad because there is 
opportunities to look into waste management, aviation, traffic control. You have all these data streams come together in this famous control room that has been installed in Rio de Janeiro. If you Google that, there's in interesting images because apparently it's the, the largest um, array of screens in, in South America. And you have this, this place that kind of looks a little bit like a NASA control room and wow. you kind of think people are sending the um, next robot mission to Mars. But really, but what really we are, they're just emptying the waste bins and, and keeping uh, the city safe. Which is all very important <laughs> tasks, yeah, mind you. But I think there is another um, facet to it. And that is that, that I'd like to have that power in my pocket as a citizen. I'd like to have the power of all this big data analytics in my power as being able to um, create my own decision support tools for the way that I um, navigate and negotiate the city. Oh, that's a very exciting. This Marcus, is, what, uh, Mark, what are you hearing internationally? Absolutely. So this is excellent. Uh, Marcus, I love what you're what you're mentioning here, uh, the city as a platform, right? City as a, as a place that citizens go to and really create their own services, create their own products. Very, very excellent. Uh, what I'm seeing internationally, for instance, Singapore, you know, they, uh, they are a beautiful example of a, a city of a country that focuses on on the smart, uh, and for the past few years, they the, the goal was to call Singapore a smart city. But you might have noticed about uh, a few months ago, Singapore decided to change that notion, and now they're talking about a smart nation. Right? It's not a smart city anymore. It's a smart nation. The focus is much more on individuals. Think smart communities. Uh, think smart tribes. Uh, how do you uh, give individuals ability to contribute to to the community do you see similar trends happening in australia as well um i um i see a couple of examples I and mean, maybe they're at this stage only what we call weak weak signals but we hope that they will be amplified soon to become much more um dominant but i think you're you're exactly right marek there is um this this trend to question this dichotomy between the top down and the bottom up, mm. or whether it's the, the bird's eye view of the city and then the pedestrian view of the citizen. And a number of commentators, in, including um, some of the research that we've been doing, are pointing to the fact that we now have not just the smart city, but also the smart citizen. And so in the way that that, um, I suppose, um, is experienced by people uh, around Brisbane or any other um, city is with regards to their ability to engage and not just participate. I think participation is great, but participation at the same time has this notion that someone else is in charge and you are given the, the kind of the token or the, um, the benefit of being able from you know point A to point B to then have your say, have a voice, provide your feedback. Mm. And that is great. But I think what we are now working towards is the next step, uh, what comes after participation. And I think that's where these quite exciting notions of do-it-yourself urbanism, of um, do-it-yourself and do it with others, of being able to instigate change in your own right. And I think what needs to happen with regards to, to cities in Australia, with regards to the um, stakeholders of the digital economy, we need to let go. We need to be able to actually allow um, people to take charge in so many different ways, obviously within a certain framework, but there's so much motivation, so much enthusiasm and so much um, will for um, change for the better. And I think it would be really great if we found more ways for local governments to harness and, and leverage and, and be able to take advantage of this co-creation of cities rather than just to listen in and then try and do it themselves why not get together 
the smart city with the smart citizens in a co-creative process. And that really moves us to the space that we see a lot at the PwC chair in the digital economy with our corporate clients too. It's gone from being about staff and services to being human-centered. So really, you know, great companies at their heart have great engagement models that they co-create with their customers. Correct. So if we think about a city as an entity, an organization, so at the center of a city is a great tribe or a commune of people. And we're also seeing emerging, I guess, with the PwC chair is some of uh, what we would have called old fashioned models like mutual structures. Um, cooperatives are back because now when we come to a people centered organization, how are we going to make decisions? It's mm -hmm. instead of the bureaucratic structures where I'm told and we have layers of bureaucracy that feed the policy and then regulations down to me. We're seeing these structures where people want to come together, perhaps at a neighbourhood level or perhaps at a city level, where they want to create and, and look at the space and the placemaking and experience they're creating in their area. Is that I think that is that is spot on. What is really exciting is this um, report that I read um, that was uh, published by the Foundation for Young Australians about um, the new work order mm. and the entrepreneurship in um, amongst young people and how that can be a way to combat youth unemployment. But in that report, they talk about recommendations for government, and one of them was to perhaps um, think of new um, organizational forms. So you got you know PTY LTD, and you got um, uh, businesses that trade at the stock exchange. Perhaps there should be one for the entrepreneurs. Mm. But I think if you continue that line of thought, maybe we could also have an organizational form that isn't startup, it's not PTYLTD, but it's somehow in collaboration with other entities, with the city, in order to bring people together in a um, more proactive form than just a club or society or, you know, this, this kind of part-time thing you might do on the weekend. So an organizational form that gives them the... Um, the, um, the ability to bring about change in the city. And there is examples elsewhere. I'm thinking of um, a quite exciting one in Vancouver in Canada, which is called the um, City Studio Vancouver. That particular one um, is collaborating with the local universities to create a classroom inside Town Hall. Oh. So every semester there is a new cohort of students that work together with the public servants of the Vancouver City Council and they bring about um, urban intervention, urban design, landscaping, architecture, planning, all sorts of different projects in the city. Now, if you were to um, create a, um, a business model around this, that may not be a startup, but it's kind of similar because it's entrepreneurial, it's creative, it's innovative, it brings about change. So I'm, I'm wondering whether there is something in there. And at the moment, it's probably early days, but we are very excited about those prospects. It, wow, that's definitely something we should take on board. That's it, a trial and a pilot We're waiting to happen here in Brisbane. Absolutely. It's definitely very exciting. Now, um, when I'm thinking about it, what I'm, what I'm visualizing in my head is, it's completely new ways of uh, perceiving uh, problems or uh, or challenges that cities have to deal with. Take take one example of waste management. I think that waste management in itself is a, is a wrong term because we shouldn't be talking about waste here. We should be talking about resources. Mm. So right now I have to pay to get my green waste removed every two weeks from in front of my house. 
But I could also think about, you know, the new Uber for green waste. Uh, maybe my neighbor wants to pay me a couple dollars uh, every every couple of weeks and just take my, my green waste and put that into their composter and get a beautiful soil, right? I'm actually producing resources. It's not necessarily waste. Well, what if I, we go down to the sewage line, that becomes very interesting with that waste, right? Absolutely. Well, you could produce electricity. You could produce uh, uh, fuel. Uh, I hear about uh, approaches just where you could produce various drugs out of what comes out, uh, you know, uh, of, of your sewage. Mm. I think that is um, a whole bunch of really great examples, Marek. The um, the visit we had recently of uh, Volker Richter, the one of the vice presidents of, of BMW, was here to, at QUT to talk about the future of driving. And we had a discussion with him afterwards where we talked about some of these examples, especially since you mentioned Uber and so the context of mobility. And really what you already witness in the um, aviation industry is that um, the operators would consider a plane to be on the ground as a loss of money and a plane in the air as making money and mm. so if you can con convert this onto the context of the car and in the city you might actually expand the scope and just think of the the car not just as a device for mobility but while i drove my car to work and i used it for 20 minutes it's actually sitting there in the car park not mm. doing anything and so the situation might be that i get um, a offer from the utilities company and say we need to balance the grid in highgate hill can we have your car go there and so you know the autonomous cars that we probably see within less than um, the next uh, decade might drive itself there connect itself to the grid help the utilities provider balance the grid with the, bal uh, the remaining balance of my battery come back I still have enough battery power to get me home and so there is a notion where all of a sudden the car isn't car anymore but it's a mobile battery mm -hmm. and we've been exploring these um, scenarios BMW also with regards to for instance micro-logistics mm -hmm. Imagine a drone that is attached to the back of your car, and so as you're not using it right now, the, the, the car or the platform, this mobile delivery device, is then doing micro-deliveries. And so again, I'm using it um, for much more than just getting from A to B. Wow. And I, for me, it's also, we live in a state, Queensland, that's highly decentralised. Uh, so we, there's a lot of emphasis around cities that are well known in the world. You know, what are we seeing in terms of bringing regions on board? I think the regions are going to be um, one of the most exciting places to be working in because um, a lot of the innovation that we see in, in the bigger cities, they sometimes um, have this view of, of trying to catch up with even bigger cities elsewhere. And so uh, what I uh, think is an interesting research question is with regards to Brisbane um, terming itself Australia's new world city. And I wonder what does new mean? Um, in fact, we had this discussion panel at the um, Brisbane Writers' Festival where um, that was a bit of the starting point of the discussion. And I said, the new could be seen as a new arrival on the international scene. So you are a new arrival with regards to size, with regards to economic productivity. And so in terms of benchmarking, for instance, you now enter a certain, you know, um, uh, distance or uh, proximity to other players in that field. And so you're new in that regard. But I think what would be a much better interpretation of new is to say we do things differently. We we invent the city and the new is much more about a new form of urbanism, a new form of um, the, the digital in the city, uh, taking new forms to be more engaging, more participatory and so forth. Now, back to the question about the regions, I think that applies so much 
um, in, in, a, in a such a great way to the regions. If you think of cities such as here in Queensland of uh, Rockhampton, Mackay, Townsville and, and Cairns specifically, um, they're actually quite urban if you think about it, but not really in the same size. And so what I think would be the interesting challenges is with regards to identifying those digital economies that are actually the, the regional originals, the ones that um, are recontextualizing regionality not as a disadvantage, but as an advantage. And imagining um, identifying businesses and industries, but also existing industry sectors that can be um, transformed into new ideas. So some of the things that we are currently working on is with regards to um, agricultural services. Um, one particular um, example is um, at the outskirts of Toowoomba. And this person that is exploring the use of drones as an agricultural service provider. Mm. And so the drones might conduct surveillance tasks or very mundane tasks that would be boring for a human operator. And the drone can then provide those services. So you imagine the farmer waking up in the morning with their iPad and mm. watching the live footage of the drone flying over the field. So they can actually make decisions about much more targeted um, um, tasks yes, that they want to do during the day. Mm. Um, similarly, we are currently working with um, colleague um, here in the um, Institute for Future Environments around um, beehives and digital beehives. And we are interested in the use of um, odor sensors because insects use smell to communicate with each other in order to unlock this language of bees. And so there is beehives obviously in the city as well, but having um, these regional industries um, take advantage of the digital economy in very um, interesting, innovative ways is um, what I think is quite exciting. And we're seeing some interesting work already in the growth of accelerators um, in areas like Cairns because Cairns actually attracts, it's the end of uh, a tourist trail for international backpackers and what they're finding is the backpackers again to Cairns are quite liking it and then they're hopping into a place called the space which is you know a co-working space where people are accelerating and these new international kind of ideas and formulations for new business startups are, are formulating so yeah a, a really good example of taking something that already exists a tourist trail where backpackers go to Cairns yeah. primarily to see the reef and to yeah. see the wonderful natural beauty but they're popping in and seeing an opportunity to do some creation some startup and, yeah, and that's exciting yeah it is definitely um, and we have some Similar examples also that we are currently um, looking at in, in Townsville, for instance, and even in the neighbouring um, local government area in the Burdekin, they've also opened up an innovation space. And in fact, um, there is some work um, with the um, State Library of Queensland interested in what the contribution is of their library network mm. um, with regards to um, the, the innovation role. infrastructure. Exactly. Guess, the yeah. role they play in, in, in Australia's innovation system. I think we need to revisit regions as a, as a whole podcast on its own because I think there's some ex really exciting exciting work going on in that field but you know today let's talk about you know we always like to predict the future a little bit at the PwC chair in the digital economy what kind of jobs are going to come out of these new urban participation um, I think some of these jobs they they uh, they may not even have any any titles yet so it's difficult to you know give you titles but uh, to describe what might happen I just think that when you when you witness um, historically the development that happened to the phone where the phone is now becoming much more a platform for 
far more than just um, the phone communication, but you have the app and the app stores, both for Android and and, um, and Apple, that extend it from a, um, a pregnancy indicator to a carpenter's level to a you know um, diary and so forth. And similarly with libraries, for instance, they've also reinvented themselves for not just being about uh, books and storage and archival um, duties of, of you know archiving the humanity's knowledge, but far more um, looked at engagement as the actual physical building of the library as being a hub for um, information brokerage and for now the library as, as incubator. And so if you then look at you know that example of the car that I mentioned earlier, and now you got the city. And so the jobs that you might see, um, they might be coming from this notion of the city these days, and maybe in the uh, not too distant future, um, will be based on a new idea of service delivery that is taking the digital into the physical. And so you have this nice merger of the, the digital and the physical in this very hybrid way where digital um, abilities and architecture is actually embedded into the physical architecture of the city. And so there's all sorts of new possibilities with regards to um, wellness, tourism, education, history and heritage, um, existing industries and, and businesses that will take advantage of it. But also, I think there will be new ones that we can't even um, imagine yet. I think one of them in the regional context that you uh, mentioned earlier is um, with regards to the um, the climate change policy that the state government is about to release. And I think that will go hand in hand with a coastal zone protection um, plan. And I think there will be all sorts of business opportunities to actually try and adapt to some of the um, severe weather events that we are surely going to be dealing with and new businesses that actually take advantage of um, that as a, as a business opportunity. Mm, fabulous. Well, I like to think of a tribologist. You know, I, so, think, I think, you know, communities are tribes, aren't mm, they, at some level? Mm. And maybe a tribologist, meaning that, you know, I understand my tribe, I lead them, I can intersect them with other tribes. Mm. Uh, so maybe I could be a tribologist in the future. Marek, what could you be? I would love to be part of your tribe, Monica, uh, because you're the connector here, and uh, and and I love how you how you get the ideas combined. You know, this is this is uh, the future of uh, of cities that I see. You know, listening to to you, Marcus. Thanks so much for you know sharing your thoughts with us. It it feels a bit like a science fiction movie coming you know into re reality. This is what makes the whole thing exciting here, right? We're seeing that economy of corporations, which is uh, you know, in a way, what cities at the moment are, they're a bit like large corporations providing services, turning to the economy of individuals. You know, my house, a point of interest on a map, is turning into a point of transaction. It's really exciting to see how my house could start offering electricity to your electric vehicle yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and really being a very active participant in the city economy. Yeah, very definitely. Exciting times. Wow. Marcus, thank you so much for your time. Mary, thank you. As usual, it's been fantastic. Thank you. That's us for the Digital Week this week. We'll speak to you next week. As always, if you've got comments, come back to us on Twitter, on tweets, um, leave a message on our LinkedIn page and let's continue the dialogue about smart cities, smart people, smart communities. Mm -hmm.